Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, or should I say buongiorno to the transfer window, the podcast that brings you the news before it becomes news, as well as insight and analysis into all of the topics you want to hear and discuss in world football. Today, uh, Duncan Castle is still chasing his butterflies, but I'm pleased to say we're joined by our very old friend and the most handsome man in football, Aurelio Capaldi, uh, football journalist extraordinario in Italia, because we're going to go from Spain this week, where we began uh, our journey, to the beautiful country of Italy. Welcome, Aurelio. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So you know that, Aurelio, since you were last on, uh, I think, a month ago, Gary Lineker has been asking why you're more handsome than he is. <laughs> We've directed him to your profile picture. And nice. He's, he, he's yet to deny it. <laughs> as always, as always, uh, our faithful listeners, we start with news, um, very, very big news, and that is that Real Madrid, we understand, contacted Manchester United today in a last-ditch attempt to find out if they were indeed willing at any price to sell Paul Pogba to them in this window. Of course, the European window closes uh, or this Monday coming at uh, 11 o'clock British summertime. So uh, the answer was given very, very flatly, and that was a no. So Pogba stays put in Manchester United unless, of course, something extraordinary happens. And we know that Mina Raiola, Pogba's agent has been trying very, very hard to extract uh, his client from Old Trafford and get him to the Santiago Bernabeu. Uh, Madrid are now consigned to the fact that they will not be signing Neymar from Paris Saint-Germain. That deal obviously still hangs in the balance with regards to Barcelona and Aurelio and I will discuss that uh, later in the podcast. However, the news coming out of Manchester United and out of Madrid is that Pogba stays um, there is a suggestion that, as we reported in the podcast two weeks ago, um, that Madrid will come back again in a year's time. So a summer from now, when Pogba will have one year remaining in his contract and try again then, and that Pogba himself may or may not be given assurances that the club would be more willing to negotiate should he turn down the offer of a new contract to stay at Manchester United. Right now, however... Aurelio and I are going to discuss something which has been quite a trend this summer, uh, and that has been the migration of Premier League players to Serie A, something we've not seen for quite a long time, Aurelio, uh, as I can remember, not since the 90s, 2000s, have so many players been attracted to leave England and go to Italy. Would that be be correct? That's very surprising, because um, Serie A now seems to be... Uh, better and so um, the the level is improving and during the the last years uh, everybody was asking uh, 
uh, why uh, Premier League uh, players are not going to Italy. Uh, and now the trend uh, is the one you said. So it's very surprising, but it's nice uh, to welcome uh, Premier League players here in Serie A. Well, let's start with um, breaking news today, Aurelio, which is that Chris Smalling is set to join Roma from Manchester United. An interesting move, I think, because Smalling has never been um, deemed to be a player who necessarily would adapt very well, not just to um, a foreign league, but also a foreign culture. Um, He's very much been a homeboy. Um, at Fulham and then Manchester United. He recently was given a new contract by Manchester United. However, he cleared a surplus to requirements for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, is this something which is, uh, came out of the blue for people in Italy as well, that Smalling might join Roma? Um, the news about Smalling was really surprising because uh, the names for Roma were different. Different names. Uh, everybody was speaking uh, about Lovren for example. Uh, but I think it's going to be an interesting challenge for Smalling uh, because, um, as you said, um, I mean, uh, nobody, nobody thought that he would come and uh, Roma are not supposed to be uh, a top team this season because everybody thinks that uh, uh, Juventus, Inter Milan and Napoli are the title contenders. But uh, it can be a surprise and um, Serie A is something new. I think that uh, the deal was possible also because Manchester United uh, accepted uh, a three million fee uh, for the loan and uh, Roma uh, doesn't have an obligation to sign him at the end of the season. Uh, But I think it's going to be an interesting challenge for him. Tactically, Aurelio, you, you've watched Smalling play over many years for Manchester United in Champions League and for England. Do you think he fits into Roma's um, setup comfortably, or do you think he's going to have to go on a bit of a learning curve with regards to adapting, not just to Roma, but to Serie A? I think that uh, he will need some time uh, to understand uh, Fonseca's principles. Uh, the new Roma manager. Um, but I don't think that uh, the contenders uh, for a place as a starter, as a central defender in Roma, are phenomenal. Um, Fazio is probably going to start most of the games, but the other place is open. And uh, the Brazilian Juan Jesus uh, was really uh, disappointing against Genoa. And uh, the new signing, Mancini, still has to adapt. So I think there is room for Smalling, but um, he has to understand quickly what Fonseca wants from him. Of course, he's not the, um, the only, or indeed, uh, there have been a very recent English, uh, very, very famous defender who joined Roma, which was Ashley Cole, um, four years ago, I think now, uh, Aurelio. And Cole's time, I think, was seen as quite successful at Roma. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that uh, Ashley Cole uh, went to Roma at the wrong time because uh, we all know that Ashley Cole, uh, when he was at his best, he was a um, fantastic player. But when he went to Roma, 
uh, I mean, uh, he was about to finish his career, so uh, it was not the right time to, to give his best. And also, it was a very difficult time for the club, uh, so things got hit it for him, and uh, it was not given a proper chance uh, to show what he still had to give. Very true, very true. Um, let's move to, as well, the um, signing of Matteo Darmian to Parma. Less of a surprise, obviously, given Darmian's uh, background. But again, a player come leaving Manchester United for Serie A, uh, is this widely accepted as a positive move for Parma? I think it's a positive move for everybody. I think it's a positive move for Parma. Uh, who gets uh, a player uh, who can still give something to Serie A. I think it's a positive move for Darmian, uh, who needs to, to come back to a real challenge, uh, because uh, there was no room for him at Manchester United. And obviously, it was a good move for Manchester United, because uh, the plans were different, and uh, there was no room for Darmian at Old Trafford. So I think it's a good move for everybody. What chances, I mean, just um, reflecting on those two most recent developments, Aurelio, Smalling and Darmian, Roma and Parma, what are the considerations with regards to how those teams will um, perform in Serie A uh, this season? And what can Smalling and Darmian expect in terms of you know, will they be challenging for trophies or will they be playing in teams who are going to be uh, maybe less than uh, top four? Uh, Roma uh, will try to get back a place in Champions League. Uh, last year, it was a huge disappointment uh, for Roma to be left out of the Champions League because, as you can remember, uh, Roma... Uh, got a place in the Champions League semi-finals uh, two years ago. So for, uh, for Roma, it was a big disappointment. Um, and um, I think that uh, the, the real aim for Roma is the fourth place. And it won't be easy to reach it. Uh, for Parma, different story because they, they will try to avoid relegation. Uh, they will they will try to, to be safe uh, the sooner the better. Uh, they are a um, good team. I think uh, they, can, uh, they can really uh, get what they want. I do have fond memories of Parma, uh, Aurelio, in the sort of uh, early 2000s. Some great players, um, great managers as well. They played Champions League. Uh, they seem to have fallen a long way in Italian football since that, that time. Yeah, uh, those were different times. And uh, Parma uh, were really uh, at a very good level. And uh, they, they could really sign great players. Uh, but now it's different now. Uh, they are trying to, um, to get uh, a place uh, in Serie A, a stable place in Serie A, and uh, they are trying to, to do uh, a decent job and uh, to avoid relegation. That's, that's their aim now. 
I think that's their dimension, that's their real dimension. Uh, and uh, they, they have uh, interesting players up front because Inglese uh, is, a, is a very interesting player. And uh, Gervinho uh, is still a player who can uh, make things happen when he, when he gets the right day. Indeed, indeed. Now, two of the most expensive uh, transfers so far, well, this summer or earlier have taken place to Internazionale and, of course, former Chelsea boss Antonio Conte, now in charge um, of Inter. Um, Alexis Sanchez has completed his loan move to Inter. Romelu Lukaku obviously completed his permanent transfer. This is an interesting um, uh, asset theme because, of course, these Smalling, Darmian, Alexis Lukaku, all Manchester United players, all leaving Manchester for, um, for Italy. Now, I know Lukaku scored on his Inter debut uh, last weekend, but let's start with Alexis Sanchez because I have to say that, you know, and, and you can appreciate this, Aurelio, of these four players that we are discussing, Smalling, Darmian, Alexis, Lukaku, have been seen to be less than successful at Manchester United. And this is a Manchester United team who have been less successful in the Premier League than they have been for a long time as well. So what, what makes these players better uh, in Serie A than they were in the Premier League? But let's start with Alexis um, with regards to um, what your thoughts are and what the thoughts in Italy are of um, his transfer and the amount of... Obviously, the wages have been a huge issue with regards to um, what United will pay to compensate Inter and what Inter will pay in return. Yes, that's very interesting, the Alexis Sanchez situation, because uh, Antonio Conte had asked his new employers two strikers. First, Romelu Lukaku. Second, Edin Dzeko from Roma. Everything seemed to be done for Dzeko. Uh, the distance was not huge between uh, Inter and Roma. Dzeko uh, had already told Roma that uh, he would go to Inter. Conte was quite happy, but it was not happening because Roma couldn't sign a new striker. It just got to the point where Roma couldn't sign a new striker, and so they had to keep Dzeko. And uh, they made him a new contract. So the deal with Inter collapsed and suddenly Inter were forced uh, to look for a replacement. So this is the start of the Alexis Sanchez idea. He was not the first choice. The first choice was Edin Dzeko. Then, uh, as you know, Manchester United just couldn't wait to get rid of Alexis Sanchez. Uh, and um, Inter Milan uh, suddenly needed another striker. So uh, it was uh, important for Inter Milan that they could get him alone. And um, now it's very interesting to see how he performs in Milan under, under Conte. Because uh, I was listening... Uh, Francesco Guidolin, who was uh, the former Udinese manager and he was uh, the manager of Alexis Sanchez when Alexis Sanchez was playing for Udinese. 
And uh, Widolin was saying, when Alexis Sanchez got in Udine, uh, he was playing in a different position. He was something like a wing. Then we decided that uh, he would play up front because uh, he's very good on one-on-one and uh, a good finisher. And uh, at Udinese, Sanchez um, was a success. He made, uh, he made his name in Udine. And then he went to Barcelona and Arsenal and Manchester United. But we all know that uh, the recent performances uh, of Alexis Sanchez were really disappointing. And um, so it's really a great challenge for Antonio Conte uh, to give new motivations new energy uh, to Alexis Sanchez. According to Guidolin, Lukaku and Sanchez are the best striking partnership in Serie A. Because seriously? Thinks, seriously. That's a that's... big... Listen, Francesco's an old friend of ours going back way, Aurelio, as you know. Uh, <laughs> back to our days 15 years ago. <laughs> Francesco was doing the Serie A rounds. That's a big statement from, from Guidolin to say yes. that. Yes, that's, that's, I was very surprised too when I heard him say that. But he thinks that uh, Alexis Sanchez is a number 10. So according to Guidolin, Lukaku is uh, the perfect number 9. And Alexis Sanchez playing just uh, behind him uh, can do get great things. Maybe he still, uh, he still has some uh, uh, regard for, uh, for Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, without a doubt, Sanchez uh, has to prove that uh, it can be back at the highest level because uh, we all know that at Manchester United, he was very disappointed. Another thing is that uh, uh, we all know that um, some uh, former teammates or former managers uh, let um, people know that uh, Sanchez is not an easy guy to deal with. So I'm also curious about this. Can he, uh, can he have a good relationship with Conte and uh, with his new teammates? That's another challenge. That's, that's interesting because uh, we're all very focused on the football performances. But uh, as you know, uh, to get them, you also have to have uh, good human relationships. Well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head earlier with the human relationships because that has been very much the centre of debate with regards to Alexis Sanchez's um, failure to make an impact at Manchester United. It's been uh, said, and we've had information on the podcast, which we've reported uh, throughout, that his attitude was was poor in the dressing room. It was poor in training. He didn't like the, the north of England um, we make a joke about it, but it's certainly an issue, and that is that he didn't like the fact he couldn't take his dogs for a walk just out of his back garden. I, I'm serious, and I hope Atom and Humber, his two dogs, are settling in well. In uh, and I'm sure they'll probably be in uh, Lake Como in some lovely house. So I'm sure the the foothills of Lake Como will make for nice walking spaces for Atom and Humber, um, and hopefully that will cheer Alexis up as well. But um, my point being. Uh, seriously, that um, you have a situation, Aurelio, as you well know, Antonio Conte is not the easiest guy to get on with, especially if you get on the wrong side of him. Alexis Sanchez is known to be uh, 
moody and brooding and if he's not in a good frame of mind it will not produce a good football performance from him I see this as a very risky strategy from, from Internazionale uh, to take um, Alexis on loan um, even though if Manchester United are paying the majority of his salary that's not the point, the point is that Conte has effectively taken a gamble on a player who clearly is problematic. I think so. And uh, that's why I was saying that I'm very curious about it because uh, it's going to be uh, a real challenge. And so um, I'm, I'm very curious to see how things happen. Uh, for Lukaku, it's different because he seems to be very comfortable in Milan. I was uh, in, uh, in San Siro uh, when he scored against Lecce. And, uh, of course, he cannot be at the top of his level right now. But um, he already seemed to be comfortable. And uh, uh, it's, an, it's a different story also because Conte absolutely wanted to sign him. For Sanchez, as I said, uh, things uh, turned out differently and uh, easy Milan only because the Jacko deal collapsed. Well, what we know about um, Alexis as well is he doesn't like being second choice Aurelio. So the fact that Ed and Jacko did not sign for intern, he did, does suggest that there's a slightly um, shaky foundation for that particular move. But um, let's move on to Romelu Lukaku, um, a transfer which took forever to happen, but one which Conte won his battle with um, uh, Agnelli uh, to sign. And he scored, obviously, uh, last weekend. And I think Conte made quite a, a funny comment, is that correct, regarding the price that Inter made uh, to buy the player? <laughs> yes, but um, I think that uh, the, the most interesting thing is that uh, the impact Lukaku made uh, at Inter Milan was positive from the start. Um, Conte made it clear that uh, he wanted from the start, that uh, he needs him in shape as soon as possible. And... Um, Lukaku uh, already started uh, a diet, is uh, eating uh, very carefully. Uh, Conte, as you know, Conte is very strict on this. Uh, he wants players to eat proper things. So and, is, it, uh, is it true, Aurelio, he lost what, something around eight or nine kilo, kilos um, in the summer? In the summer, I, I don't think that much, but I think... Uh, but lost, almost, yeah? Almost, yes, almost. And he's, uh, and he's eating very carefully, uh, he's, um, he's training hard and of course uh, Conte has a very careful eye on him uh, because uh, he, he, he knows that uh, Lukaku has to perform at his best if Inter want to have real chances uh, to win the Scudetto. Because Conte... Uh, this season said, uh, made it clear that Juventus and Napoli are well organized, ha they are ahead of Inter, but he also said 
I don't want to put limits on my team. I don't want to put limits on my players. And uh, everybody knows that Antonio Conte doesn't want uh, to be second. He doesn't like to, to finish second. So nobody believes that uh, he will be happy with a Champions League place. He wants to win the Scudetto. And uh, to win the Scudetto against a Juventus side capable of winning eight titles in a row would be a great success. Of course, but not of course as many as Celtic have won, which is nine, but that's another story, really, one, <laughs> that you will, one that you well know. So, in terms of um, the way that Serie A is looking, obviously we're very, very early in the season, so we can't, you know, obviously speculate about how things are going to finish up. Um, Sari has had pneumonia and has missed the first round of games. Um, there are rumours that, that uh, the Juventus hierarchy have said he needs to stop smoking because that contributed to his illness. Um, we've got um, Conte, who, as you said, is a, an aggressive serial winner and wants to uh, make sure that he ends his old club's run of Scudettos. What's your view in terms of you know, how things stand, not how things stand, but how things set up and going through the season? I think that um, tomorrow evening uh, we will start to have uh, a clear idea. Of course, we're talking about uh, early games. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, but Juventus-Napoli is going to be very, very interesting because we talked about Antonio Conte, we talked about Maurizio Sarri, but there is also Carlo Ancelotti, who, who is chasing the Scudetto with Napoli. So uh, last, last season, he couldn't win anything. And uh, he's not uh, accustomed, he's not used to not winning things. To losing, absolutely, yes. yes. So this season, he has to deliver at least one trophy. And uh, he made it clear that um, this Scudetto is the priority because uh, it is something that Napoli really misses. Um, How many and, years, Aurelio, since Napoli won Scudetto? You know, you know uh, the, the Maradona years were yes, uh, the, I, golden, I, I, the golden, yeah, the, era, the golden yeah, years. Yeah. The golden years. So now, really, uh, Ancelotti thinks that he's got uh, the right team. And uh, after signing... Lozano, now yes. he, he believes that uh, he's got a real powerful squad, full of options. So, uh, last year, for example, uh, the, the first part of the season was very interesting because, uh, as you can remember, Napoli were capable of beating Liverpool at home, for example, and um, they were not so far from uh, uh, qualifying. Um, in a difficult group uh, where Liverpool and Paris Saint-Germain joined. So uh, now, as I said, the priority is the Scudetto and the Italian title. And they have quality players like uh, Cajon, Mertens, Insigne, uh, Fabian Ruiz, and uh, as I said, Lozano. So uh, Saturday night, Juventus against Napoli, it's going to be the first tough challenge 
for the two main contenders for the Italian title. And Juventus uh, remained favorites, but um, they seem to have a problem uh, with, uh, with the, the squads uh, because there are so many players who haven't been sold and uh, players like Mario Mandzukic, for example, mm. uh, not happy uh, to be in Turin and not happy to be the first choice of Sarri. Everybody believes that um, Juventus are going to play Douglas Costa, Iguain and Ronaldo against Napoli. And uh, if you have a look at the bench, you can, uh, you can find people like Buffon, uh, Quadrado, maybe the lead again, and mm-hmm. uh, Rabiot, Emerson, Dybala, Mandzukic. So, so, so much quality. Uh, and uh, I, I would say, really, that's one of the best squads I think you want to have had in a long time. If you look at the bench and, and then what's on the pitch. Yes, but uh, this is not something uh, which helps the manager, in my opinion, because when you have to deal with uh, high-quality players and uh, you have to tell them that they're going to the bench or in the stands, uh, it's not going to be easy. It happens in the top clubs, but you have to be a limited number of uh, high-quality players doing that. If you have too many then it's going to be a big challenge to deal with them. I think um, what you're trying to say is, in the words of the great Harry Redknapp, it's a good headache to have. (laughs) 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 I think that um, uh, for Maurizio Sarri, uh, this is going to be a tough challenge. Uh, Also because if he wins the Scudetto, Okay, for, for him personally... It's expected, really. It's expected for him to win Scudetto. Yes. No one debates that. Yes. Uh, so for Juventus, uh, it's a habit to win the Scudetto. Yeah. Uh, for Sarri, it's not. But that's another story. But uh, uh, to be successful with this Juventus side, it means that you have to win the Scudetto, the Italian Cup, and more importantly... The Champions League, Champions League which is the real obsession for Juventus. So, before we go back to Juventus, I want to talk to you about Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, former Spurs striker Fernando Llorente is set to join Napoli uh, on a free transfer. Is, again, this something which has been a surprise because this is a guy at 34, didn't make an impact on Tottenham Hotspur, but is a Spain international. Obviously, he's known by um, Carlo Ancelotti, but um, do they need the extra cover, do you think? It's been a surprise because uh, Antonio Conte was also interested uh, in, uh, in signing him. And um, they worked together at Juve. And, uh, but Ancelotti uh, thought that Durante um, would be very useful for his squad because... Uh, sometimes he uses uh, small players up front like Cajon, Mertens and Insigne but sometimes he likes to have a big guy up front like Milik or Llorente in this case so he thinks that uh, an experienced 
guy like Fernando Llorente um, will be very useful uh, throughout the season. Uh, also because, uh, as I said before, Napoli's first aim is the Italian title, but they also want to make the most of their Champions League experience. Now, before going to any more news uh, elsewhere in the European transfer window, Aurelio, I just want to get your thoughts on Aaron Ramsey, who, um, when he signed for Juventus on a pre-contract in February of this year, was a big, big noise and a big story. But that story seems, and that noise has, has quieted down. And um, obviously, he's suffered an injury, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's the situation with Ramsey now? The situation is uh, the one you said, and I think that uh, it has to do with the managers. Because Massimiliano Allegri really liked Ramsey a lot, and I know that uh, he wanted to have Ramsey before than expected. He would have loved uh, to have him uh, for the second part of last season. Uh, so when Juventus uh, played against Atletico or Ajax, he would have liked to have a player like Ramsey because Allegri thought that was the kind of player Juventus were missing at that time. Then Juventus worked on the deal and uh, everybody expected Ramsey uh, to come when he came. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Sarri took over. And uh, I think that uh, uh, we really have to understand what Maurizio Sarri actually thinks about Ramsey. Because with Allegri, I think that Ramsey would have been irregular. With Sarri, I think it's going to be difficult. And he has to prove uh, Sarri that is um, the right man for him. Very interesting, Aurelio, that's the case. I mean, I don't um, disagree that Allegri was the man who behind Ramsey's signing. And I do um, believe that Ramsey um, and Rabiot were sensational in the terms of they both came under freedom of contract to Juventus um, this summer. Um, but I think Ramsey was obviously uh, we you know, the phrase you know sold sold the, the story that he would be first choice etc cetera, etc cetera, and uh, was given a great um, financial contract but expected to play every single week um, in the way that uh, Arsenal were not willing to value him in the way that he or his representatives had expected so. Um, it will be very interesting to see how Ramsey's season pans out because obviously uh, he, I think, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League of the last seven, eight years. Um, but again, I was not, wasn't surprised, but um, I'd say I was mildly kind of um, curious about um, his decision to join Juventus because I, I looked at their midfield already before Rabbit even signed. And thought to myself, well, where does he fit in? Um, but he's a very good, very, very good and a very high-quality player. So you have to back him to back himself um, to get into that team. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Ramsey is a fantastic player, but um, I I thought that Juventus uh, would get rid of more players, uh, would try to make space for him, while, uh, for example, a player like Kedira uh, is still there. Matuidi, there were whispers that Juventus were going to sell him, but at the moment he's still there. Uh, then Rabiot was signed, uh, Juventus uh, kept Emre Can, Bentancur is still there. Uh, so I think the competition is huge. Uh, of course, uh, we cannot uh, base our analysis or predictions on the lineup of the first two games because of what happened to Sari because uh, Sarri now uh, is um, trying to uh, is trying to make uh, the, the the last year's team play because uh, he wants to bring his new ideas uh, gradually and um, so for example uh, Pjanic, Kedira and Matuidi played uh, the first game, but it's not going to be maybe like that uh, during the season. And um, that's why I was saying that uh, it will take time to fully understand what Maurizio Sarri thinks about Ramsey. But for sure, it won't be easy for him uh, to get a place as a regular. And if Allegri had stayed, it would have been easier. So before we go on to um, our quick fire round, Aurelio, um, a couple of, well, one player in particular I'd like to ask you about in terms of Serie A and the transfer debt, and it would be Paulo Dybala, who obviously has been linked heavily with Manchester United and Tottenham, who cannot now sign him because the transfer window is closed in England. But PSG have expressed an interest in him with regards to the potential transfer of Neymar to Barcelona. Is there any um, movement on Dybala and the possibility of him leaving Juventus? There is still a possibility. And uh, as you said, now Paris Saint-Germain looks to be the only potential buyer. But Dybala, from the start of the market, made it clear that he wants to stay at Juventus because he thinks that uh, he can be an important guy, a key player for Juve. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, the possibility exists for uh, a last-time move, but uh, in the end, the, the real player's will is to stay. So I think that uh, uh, the chances that he stays are uh, bigger than uh, the chances that he goes. However, would we be in the same position do you expect in January where Dybala is on the market? Uh, possible, but I think that um, it can make an impact because uh, I think that uh, Sarri has plans for Dybala. I mean, Douglas Costa is a player that uh, if he's fit, Sarri always wants to see. And of course, no question, uh, the other side is for Ronaldo. So, the only position is uh, central um, attacking player. So up front, it will be Iguain or Dybala. It depends on the games. But Dybala thinks that he can become a regular. He's very confident. He was not happy 
under Allegri. Uh, he thought that uh, he deserved more, but um, I think that uh, he, he thinks he can, uh, he can be a key man under Sarri, so he wants to fight uh, for a place. And the Juventus fans are crazy for Dybala. They really, yeah. they really back him, they really support him, so that's another factor. So from Italy, Aurelio, where obviously you are based, uh, I am currently in Spain and I am uh, on top of the ever, ever growing saga of Neymar's potential move back to Barcelona. Um, we understand that Josep uh, Maria Bartomeu, the, the Barcelona president, met with the president of Paris Saint-Germain, Nasser Al-Khalifi, uh, in Monaco yesterday and again this morning, that is Friday, with regards to um, negotiating the transfer of Neymar back to the camp. Now, um, the two clubs have agreed the valuation of the player, which is around 200 million euros. Of course, that's 22 million euros less than PSG paid for the player two years ago. However, um, financial fair play and salary cap limitations in La Liga are so far preventing um, that deal to go through as a straight cash um, transaction. And so far, Barca have offered um, what can only be described, Aurelio, as a menu of players that they would like to um, swap or indeed loan for a season. Um, Dembele is one who we know about but is very reticent about leaving. Rakitic, the same. So apparently today, Todibo, Semedo, Artur and Amtiti have all been made available, or sorry, I should say, they have been mentioned in a potential deal for Neymar to go back to Barcelona from PSG. Now, I know you're a student of uh, these things, Aurelio, um, it'd be great to get your insight on what you think may or may not happen with regards to um, La Operación de Neymar. <laughs> it's interesting because the news about Neymar in Barcelona, they change every five minutes. So it's a real <laughs> guess. <laughs> We've seen that before. <laughs> it is clear that, uh, as you said, Barcelona would love to use uh, players also um, to get the deal done. And uh, for a um, player under contract with Barcelona, it's not very easy uh, to leave Barcelona, even if uh, another top club wants you or you might go to another top club. So uh, involving other players is not the easiest thing for Barcelona. Um, that's, that's something that uh, uh, is really going to be very interesting till the end um, because um, uh, Neymar uh, is a player who, who did very well in Barcelona but uh, at Paris Saint-Germain uh, we all know the story things uh, didn't happen and, uh, and so it would not be uh, a great thing uh, for, uh, for Paris Saint-Germain to keep him or at least to keep, it, to keep the same player of last season. 
because nobody, nobody can have uh, doubts about Neymar's talent, but his attitude is very important. The, the feeling is that uh, in Barcelona with Messi and uh, with some uh, players who are also uh, his friends, he can still make things happen. But uh, we cannot forget that uh, with the signing of Griezmann, uh, there might be less space for him. So it's, it's going to be really, really interesting uh, to find out if the, the deal actually happens. Because uh, a couple of hours uh, ago, uh, or I would say yesterday, the deal seemed to be done. Uh, now things seem to be more difficult. Uh, tomorrow things can change again. I think you're absolutely correct on that one, Aurelio. And you know what? I would have said to anyone who asked me a week ago that um, Neymar would have ended up at Camp Nou uh, before the transfer window deadline closed. But given the way that things are going, I sense, uh, speaking to contacts at Football Club Barcelona, that they are less than convinced that um, the financial commitment they have to make, the emotional commitment, uh, because of Neymar's recent uh, behavioural um, problems, etc., etc., that he will add to the squad, and maybe it would be negative rather than positive to sign him. Um, and the longer this goes on, the less likely this is to happen. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to, but um, I would say... I think it's less likely than I would have said a week ago. Now, to end our um, podcast today, we obviously have the legendary quickfire round. Um, and I'm going to ask our guest, uh, the um, number one football man in Italy, Aurelio Capaldi, to rate uh, the Premier League's migration squad uh, who have gone from the Premier League to Italy in Serie A. Um, and who will have the best season or the biggest impact. It's up to you, Aurelio, how you want to phrase that. But I will give you a scale of 0 to 10, and I will give you each of those six players. Um, actually, hang on, I'm going to give you Smalling, Darmian, Alexis Yeah, six players. I'm going to give you those six players, and please give us a market of 10 for who you think will have the biggest, biggest impact. Dash, um, best season. So let's start with the one who signed first, and that was Aaron Ramsey to Juventus. Um, how do you rate that? Seven. Seven? Nice. Okay. It's a good positive start, Aurelio. Uh, and now, uh, after, let's go with um, Romelu Lukaku and the Internazionale. Seven, again. You're sounding a bit like a strictly come dancing judge here. That's a reference you won't recognise earlier, but that's fine. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you go seven. Um, Alexis Sanchez. Six. Oh, he's gone six. He's gone six. Okay. That's quite high, actually. I think Manchester fans would um, tell you that would be, be very generous. Um, Chris Smalling. Six. Six. Okay. You know, that we will come back to you at the end of the season and ask you to do this again and then against 
each club's performance and their players' performance. You know that, don't you? <laughs> you, 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 don't go with, you don't get away with anything on the Transfer Window podcast. Uh, Matteo Darmian and Parma. Matteo Darmian, Parma, six. Okay, so two sevens and two sixes. Um, and uh, Romulo Lukaku, you gave seven two. So Fernando Llorente is our last one. Six. Ah, you've been very generous. Very generous. It's in your nature to be very generous, really, so I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> but as I said, Duncan Castles is not, not so generous, and he will definitely come back with his butterfly net and, uh, <laughs> and ask you exactly why you gave these marks to these players uh, then. Now, if uh, that's the end of the, this particular Transfer Window podcast, and of course, as I was about to say, if you want to get in touch, please do. It's at Transfer Podcast on our Twitter handle or individually at Garbo SJ, at Aurelio Capaldi, where you know that we love to interact and engage with you on all the things we've spoken about during the podcast. Um, if you want to give something back, we say this all the time, but it is important. Um, get onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating, expands and helps us to create a bigger community for which, of course, you know, this is the UK's number one football podcast. And we have listeners all around the world, not just in the UK. Um, you check our timeline, you will see the tweets and also questions and interaction we get from people all around the world. So thank you very much for that. We appreciate it very much. We will be back on Monday. And we'll see you through the transfer window because you know what? It's when it ends for Europe. 2300 British summer time and um, we will look forward to welcoming our uh, numero uno Aurelio back in the transfer window very very soon thank you Aurelio for joining us thank you very much very much appreciated Fratello and uh, we shall um, see you on Monday until then thanks for listening